Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to Episode 70 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time, we have the first audition of a grand but short-lived Western, which appeared late in the classic radio era. From the winter of 1958, it's Ben Wright in Frontier Gentlemen, a half-hour show featuring the adventures of an England correspondent. J.B. Kendall as he traversed the American West during the late 1800s. And it's a credit to CBS for keeping radio drama going in the late 1950s and for continuing to bring new shows to the forefront. At that time, Westerns were taking over on television. Three of the top four shows for the 1957-58 season were Westerns, led by Gunsmoke, followed by Have Gun Will Travel, and Tales of Wells Fargo. During the latter half of the 1950s, CBS was still airing Gunsmoke on radio, which had started in 1952. In January of 1956, Fort Laramie was ushered into the CBS schedule and performed admirably for 40 episodes. About two years later, auditions were being held for another Sagebrush series, Frontier Gentlemen. At the helm of this venture was Anthony Ellis, who, by 1958 had been producer and director at CBS for several years. Ellis, a London native, was a child when his family immigrated to the United States. They then moved to the West Coast in the early 1940s. Interested in pursuing an acting career by the mid-1940s, Ellis was performing at the prestigious Pasadena Community Playhouse. He also ventured into radio, being cast in Lux Radio Theater, Arch Obler's Plays, and The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. He soon found employment as a radio writer at the Sound Workshop, a Hollywood-based independent program packaging firm. This experience would lead him to CBS, where he would pen scripts for several of the network series, including Romance, Escape, Pursuit, and Crime Classics. He also wrote several thrillers for suspense, and in 1954 was promoted to the CBS production staff, where he'd assume the helm of radio's outstanding theater of thrills from Elliot Lewis. In 1956, Ellis directed several episodes of the CBS radio workshop, as well as the series O'Hara. In an interesting twist, he devoted most of 1957 to television as script editor for the Walden Productions. In early January 1958, he approached CBS programming vice president Howard Barnes with a proposal for the Western Front Gentlemen. He was given until the end of that month to put the program together. In creating it, Ellis would write the audition script as well as produce and direct the performance. One of the actors he auditioned for the lead role of Jeremy Bryan, J.B. Kendall, was Ben Wright. Wright, also a native of London, had attended the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art 
and after graduating was cast in several London West End plays. In late 1946, he came to the United States for a family matter and ended up settling in Hollywood. He was able to establish himself in radio, acting in numerous shows including Mystery in the Air, Suspense, and Family Theater. In 1949, he was the consulting detective in the ABC Sherlock Holmes series, a part he held for one year. During the 1951-52 season, Wright was Inspector Black in the CBS program Pursuit. Throughout the 1950s, he supplemented his busy radio schedule with appearances on television, Treasury Men in Action, and in motion pictures, The Desert Rats. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy the audition of Frontier Gentlemen, starring Ben Wright, as recorded in the CBS studios in Hollywood, January 29, 1958. They have some rather strange customs in the West. There's a town in Montana Territory where it's against the law to carry a gun. The sheriff lives by this order, but other men can die because of it. Frontier Gentlemen Herewith, an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual accounts. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring Ben Wright, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. journey had taken 98 days from St. Louis. I'd come by riverboat, up the Missouri, the little stern wheeler climbing, churning, scuttling over 2,000 miles of sandbar and rapid, then into the lonely wastes of another swifter stream, the Yellowstone, until we finally docked at South Sunday in Montana Territory. My ticket had cost $300, which left me about 50 in my pocket and the slim hope that there'd be a letter at the express office with my remittance from England. Afternoon. <laughs> Just in off the boat. Right. Uh, I wonder if there's a letter for me. Uh, J.B. Kendall... Kendall. Hmm. Any trouble on the way up? I hear the Sioux been kicking up their heels. Sitting bulls making big medicine again. Don't sound good. Oh, we didn't see any. Kendall. Kendall. English, ain't you? Yes, yes. I figured by your talk, don't see many of you in these parts. Nope, nothing for you, mister. You're sure? Uh, it, it's rather important. Nope, nothing. Maybe tomorrow on the Overland, though. Say, you planning to stay a while? I think so. Better get in register, then. Register? Over to Sheriff Clanton's office. There's a notice on the wall. Maybe missed your attention. 
All strangers to South Sunday will, within one hour of arrival, register at the office of the sheriff or be prosecuted. That's Clanton's orders. Surprised you missed the signs. They're all over. Well, thanks. That's all right. Wouldn't want to see you in trouble. This ain't the healthiest town in the territory. Not for strangers. Oh? Any particular reason? Uh, Sheriff's office, six doors up, mister. Afternoon, Mr. Farley. This uh, here's Mr. Kendall, just off the boat. I was telling him about registering. That's a good idea. Dick Farley's one of the sheriff's deputies. Helps keep South Sunday law-abiding. It's a big job in these times. What's your business, Mr. Kendall? Oh, well, you, uh, you might call me a jack of all trades. I might. I do a little writing for a London newspaper. You know, an Englishman's view of the Wild West, <laughs> that sort of thing. We don't take to strangers. Oh, really? Well, it's a shame I've been looking forward to my visit. Yeah. Well, you've seen it, now you know what it's like. Suppose you get yourself back on the boat and try up the line to Rosebud at Junction City, huh? I don't think so. And now, if you'll pardon me, I'll register at your office. You carrying a gun? No. Get your hands over your head. Uh, Higher. Now, you just hold it. Just so. All right. That's your baggage? Yes. Pick it up. Well, I don't suppose you'd like to give me a hand, is it? Um, no. No, I didn't think so. Uh, Farley, isn't it? That's right. Uh, tell me, Mr. Farley, how did your town get its name? How should I know? Civic pride, perhaps? Mister, I don't like the way you talk or what you say, so you shut your mouth. Inside here. You just come in off the boat, Frank. Says he's a writer, a newspaper in, in London or something. He ain't carrying nothing, I searched. Uh, you're Sheriff Clanton? Yeah. Uh, J.B. Kendall, I understand I have to register. Yeah. You want to write about South Sunday? I might. How come? Well, as a matter of fact, the name intrigued me. You kidding? No, not at all. I write about the West, and you're in the heart of it. From what I understand, there might be trouble brewing with the Sioux and the Cheyenne. I'd like to be here if it blows up. What's the name of your paper? The London Times. You ever hear of it, Duke? No. All kinds come to these parts, mister. Now, I ain't exactly calling you a liar. Oh, no, that's quite all right. One can't be too careful. Here, uh, my papers. J.B. Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty subject. Yeah. Mm, London Times. That's what it says, you see, Dake? Yeah, that's what it says. Anyone else get off a boat with you? Not that I know of. Well, you sound all right to me, Mr. Kendall. I just remember, I got a set of rules. You live by them while you're here, you'll get along. That seems fair enough. No man except them authorized by me carries a gun in South Sunday. That way we don't get a bunch of crazy, lick-it-up miners and the like shooting up the place. It, um, it seems the usual thing for a man to be armed in most places. Well, it ain't usual here. It's again the law. I see. You got yourself fixed up the hotel? Not yet. Now, you go over to the Empire, Mr. Kendall. Tell them Frank Clanton sent you. They'll take care of you. Oh, that's very good of you. Dake, take a look at his baggage. Bye. You're going to search my luggage? That's yes. right, mister. No guns in South Sunday, not worn or hidden. That's the law. I haven't got one. Glad to hear it. I like a peaceable man. 
Yes, sir, a fellow like you might think of settling down in South Sunday. The quietest little town in Montana Territory. It's an opportunity for a man. I'll keep it in mind, Mr. Clanton. Nothing in his bags, Frank. Well, now, Mr. Kendall, you enjoy your stay. Anything you want, you just ask me. And I'd appreciate it if you put my name in your paper, sir. And whatever you want to say is okay with me. My hotel room was a palace in comparison to the cabin on the riverboat. And after cleaning up, I went downstairs to the saloon bar in the hotel and ordered a drink before dinner. The place was practically empty, but I wasn't alone for long. Hi. You're the English fella, ain't you? Candle? Yes, that's right. I'm Lila. I work here. Frank Clanton said to be nice to you. I'm being nice. Want to buy me a drink? It's on Frank. Well, I'd be delighted to. Uh, a bartender. Champagne, Harry. Yep. Frank says it's not ladylike to drink whiskey. Say, what'd you do to that man? I ain't never seen him like this. <laughs> he thinks I'm going to write about him for my paper. Are you? More than likely. You gonna write about me, too? If you want me to. I'm Dake Farley's girl. Dake doesn't like you. He got mad when Frank said to be nice to you. Um, does everybody in South Sunday do what Clanton tells them to do? Sure. Why? Your drinks. Ah, well, good luck. Ah. Look here, Lila. What about Clanton? You seem like a nice fella. Don't ask questions. Oh, well, uh, what about you, then? Me? What do you care? Where are you from? I was born in Ohio, got married and came out west. Mm -hmm. Five years back, my husband got killed in a gunfire. Oh. I don't know. I kind of drifted around and ended up here. One place is as good as the next. Is it? I guess. What about you? Your home's in England, huh? It was. You one of them lords or dukes or something? <laughs> oh, not exactly. Married? <coughs> no. Must be interesting traveling around, seeing new things. It has its advantages. But I suppose you'd like to get back home. Oh, let's just say that one place is as good as the next. Oh. You can't go back, huh? Trouble? In a way. It's a... Oh, look, your friend's just come in. Uh, who? Uh, Mr. Farley. Listen, you be careful with him. Dake can get awful mean. <laughs> Doesn't he take orders from Clanton, too? I thought my person was sacrosanct. Don't talk smart like that to him. It riles him. He ain't an educated man. Ah, uh ah, -uh, Mr. Farley. Good evening. Will you join us? No. No, I just come to tell you not to get no ideas about Lila. Well, now, what ideas do you think I'd have? I'm telling you. You're telling me what? Telling you to keep your hands off my girl, you understand? My dear fellow, I haven't touched your girl. The thought never even entered my mind. We were just having a drink, Dake, like Clanton said. Are you keep all. out of this. You know, I find your manner towards this young lady rather offensive. Oh, miss, you, 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 you're just asking for trouble, aren't you? No, not at all. Now, you think you can come in here with your fancy talk, your fancy ways, and, and make a fool out of me? Uh, you know, maybe Frank's a sucker, but not me. I don't like you, and I don't trust now, you. Now, Mr. Farley, it couldn't be of less consequence what you think of me. He'll kill you, you just Shut like... up! <gasps> now, that I don't stand for. Shall we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
As I imagine, it's broken. Oh. And now, if you don't mind, I'll relieve you of these. Really, a chap of your disposition has no right running around with even one gun, let alone two. You should have killed him. What? what on earth for? Listen, there are two more beside Dake and Plant, and they'll get you. You won't have a chance. I think you'd better clear out before Mr. Farley stops bleeding. He is not going to be in a very nice mood. Where are you going? Down to Mr. Clanton's office. I've got to have a little talk to him. In a moment, we return to Frontier Gentlemen. People who live in glass houses maintain a fine view of the world, but they do give up a great deal of privacy in the process. Folks who like their privacy but want to know what is happening in the world satisfy their needs another way. They make it a practice to keep their radios tuned to CBS Radio every day of the week. That way, they can enjoy their surroundings and still take advantage of our far-flung CBS News facilities. To keep an eye on the world, keep an ear on CBS Radio seven days a week. You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, back to Radio Rarities. And now, Act Two of Frontier Gentlemen. can't go down there. Dake went out the back. He'll have told Clanton by now. They'll be waiting. Well, that's all right. What's the matter with you? You want to die? No, of course not. The cunning... 
If you're gunning for them... Gunning for who? I'm not gunning for anybody. Then why are you going to see Frank? I told you I want to talk to him. Talk? Listen, you got to get out of town. Oh, my dear girl. Don't you know who they are? Should I? You don't know what you've done. You... Shh. Quick, this way. He took my hand and ran back up the street. We ducked down a narrow alleyway up a rickety flight of stairs, which was a back entrance of the Empire Hotel, and then along a musty corridor past my room and into hers. I, I don't think, think they'll think of looking for you here. Uh, your friend Mr. Farley is going to be quite upset if they do. His name not Farley. Clanton isn't Clanton. They're the Shelton boys. Shelton? The New Mexico Shelton boys? There are four of them, brothers. What are they doing in South Sunday? Hiding out from Billy the Kid. They killed one of Billy's men down south. Billy swore to get them all for it. That's why Frank wouldn't let anybody around here carry a gun. But how do you know all this? It was my husband they killed. Your husband with Billy? We were both crazy young. Harry joined up with Billy for excitement, I guess. One time he was gone out of town three months. I was lonesome, and I met Dake. Harry came back. They had a fight over me. Dake outdrew him. We ran away together. I see. And you thought I'd come after them, and that Billy had sent me? They'll think it now, too. Hmm. Who made Frank Sheriff here? Nobody. There wasn't one when we came. He, he just took over. Funny thing is, I guess he's a pretty good sheriff. He quit the old ways, kind of likes it here. Why have you told me all this, Lila? I don't know. He talked with me like I was a lady. Indian treats a squaw better than Dake treats me. Maybe I want to see you finish him. Well, it's not going to be very pleasant for you anymore. Pleasant? <laughs> Mister, you got a funny way of saying things. Is there anywhere that you could go? Uh, friends? In South Sunday? Well, what about home? I mean, Ohio. Home? Know what it costs to get there? I got no money. But if you could? If I could? I had nice folks, but I don't even know if they're alive or dead. I'd sure like to take a chance and find out. Uh, Lila, we'll see what we can do. Where are you going now? To have that talk with Frank. Uh, do you know how to use a gun? Yes. You take this one. Lock yourself in after I've gone. You keep it. I've got a derringer. All right. Here. Uh, in case I have any trouble, it's $50. I don't want your money. Well, at least you'll be able to get out of town. Now, you take it. Watch yourself, will you? Dake's got a mean draw. I'll watch myself. <laughs> The Shelton brothers and probably two of their chums were out looking for me now. I was pretty certain of that. I was looking for them, too. But the advantage was on their side. The town was strange to me. So I went to the one place where I was fairly sure I'd be safe from a surprise attack. Uh, 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 uh. Careful. Keep your hands where they are. You're Kendall? I'm Kendall. Billy the Kid sent you. Now listen, I... You may very slowly, carefully, unbuckle your gun belt and let it drop to the floor. 
If you try to be foolish and brave, I shall be delighted to shoot you in the stomach. Oh, not me, Mr. Kendall. You see, just like you Which say... Which Shelton or... are you? Monroe. Very well, Mr. Shelton. I wish you to walk to that cell in the far corner. Go in and close the door behind you. You will then stand with your back to the door. You wouldn't kill me. Oh, yes, I would. Now, off you go. Close it, please. Good. These, I presume, are the keys to the cell? Yes, sir. Right. Now, turn around, please. Now, I'm going to gag you. And in order to do so, I must put my guns away and use two hands. Now, if by any chance your friends come in and you make an outcry while I'm doing this, I shall teach you a trick I learned in India. It feels like this. Effective, you understand? Yeah, yeah. Right. Head close to the bars, please. By the way, how many are there looking for me? Uh, Two. Three. Three. Uh, uh, Now we'll make ourselves comfortable and wait for your brothers. coming. I remember what I told you, Mr. Shelton. Not a sound. Kendall! We know you're in there. Blast. Kendall! You hear me? Is there a back door? Mm Mm-mm. Come out with your hands up or we're coming in after you. All right, let's get that gag off. I can see I'm going to need you. What? What are you going to do? I'll probably have to end up killing you. Uh, nothing personal, you understand. What do you say, Kendall? Don't you come. Open the door and throw your guns out. Oh, I've got a much better idea. You open the door and throw your guns in. Monroe, you in there? Tell him. Yeah, I'm in here, Frank. Kendall, you come on out. Maybe we can make a deal. You can keep your gun. I think it would be safer if you came in without yours. We could rush you. You couldn't get all three of us. You have my permission. I don't know how your brother will feel about it. You want to tell him? Don't do anything crazy, Frank. He's got a gun at my head. He'll kill me. Frank! I hate to do this, but I'm afraid they don't believe you. No, no, no. Hey, Frank, you do what he says! All right, all right. Kendall, we open up the door. Throw down your gun. You give us your word you won't shoot? Not unless you do. Any more? No. We're coming in now. Well, a pleasant family reunion. 
The brothers, Shelton. Keep your hands where I can see them, won't you? Now, look. Uh, Billy the Kid made a mistake about what happened down south. Uh, Dake didn't mean to shoot Lila's husband. Now, did you, Dake? I drew him, that's all. Yeah, that's the way it was. Lila knows it was a fair fight. I should tell you. Speaking of Lila, I hope she's well. Well, she's all right. Now, we got no fight with the kid or you. Now, why don't we all go on down to the saloon and have a drink, talk it over? Now, me and my brothers have been living a nice, quiet life up here. We won't make no trouble. Now, Dave! Completely <laughs> dishonorable and most unwise. Any more hidden armaments? <laughs> You, you going to... That depends. Mr. Shelton, have you got $500? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Lila wants to go home, and that's about what it'll cost. You have the money here? It's in the safe. Uh, sure, uh, she could take the boat out when it leaves in the morning. Ain't that so, Dave? Sure, sure. Get it? Yeah. Good. That settles the account. Now, all of you, 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 get into the cell. And incidentally, until this evening, I had no idea who you were, and I've certainly met, never met your friend Billy the Kid. I just thought you'd like to know. Hey, what about Dave? He's got to have a doctor. He'll bleed to death. Yes, he probably will. Well, I'm going back to the hotel, and if Lila's all right, I'll send a doctor. If she's not, uh, well, we'll find an undertaker. Thank you, Mr. Kendall. Oh, that's nothing, Lila. Good luck. You ever come Ohio way, you look me up, you hear? I'll remember that. Huh. You're a gentleman. I'll never forget you. Goodbye, Mr. Kendall. about the trouble last night? Yes. Sure must have been something. According to the sheriff, a whole gang rode in, tried to shoot him up. He ran him off, though. Oh. Really? I wonder, has that letter arrived yet? Nope. Nope. Afraid not. Mail's already come in. Won't be any more until next week. Oh. Well, when it does come, perhaps you'd be kind enough to forward it to me. Sure. What address? In care of the express office... Rosebud, Montana Territory. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars Ben Wright as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Jack Crucian, Michael Ann Barrett, Stacey Harris, Vic Perrin, and Barney Phillips. 
Music was composed and conducted by Gerald Goldsmith. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Well, Carl, that was a fine performance by Ben Wright. You could tell he was really enjoying the part. His supporting cast was also superb. Michael Ann Barrett was Lila, and Jack Crucian played Sheriff Clayton. Stacey Harris was the jealous Deputy Jake with Vic Perrin as both the telegraph office clerk and Harry the bartender. And finally, Barney Phillips was Monroe Shelton. Jerry Goldsmith composed and conducted the music, which featured that haunting trumpet solo. And the team of sound experts borrowed from Gunsmoke were Tom Hanley and Bill James. Though this was an excellent performance, apparently Anthony Ellis and CBS execs were not totally satisfied, and the next day, January 30th, auditioned John Daner in the role of J.B. Kendall. The press was having a good chuckle, ribbing the network as time was running out, with Frontier Gentlemen slated to debut in two days, Sunday, February 2nd, and still, there was no lead chosen for the series. However, Howard Barnes was not worried. Quoted in the January 31st issue of Daily Variety, he quipped, No casting yet, plenty of time for that. This is radio. And he was right, Lisa. The leading actor was chosen, John Daner, and the program debuted on schedule. In an April 1958 interview, Daner stated that he was the only American who had tried out for the part. And that was after 55 Englishmen had auditioned. 55? Now that's hard to believe, Carl. Well, I can't drive 55, Lisa. Well, I know that. I guess we'll never know the real number, but it didn't matter as John Daner made the part his own and the series continued for 42 episodes. Though Ben Wright didn't get to play the lead role in the series, he was in the supporting cast in two episodes, including Gentle Virtue. In which he portrayed a Chinese man with a similar dialect he used in another CBS Western series that immediately followed the conclusion of Frontier Gentlemen. That was Have Gun, Will Travel, which had been transformed from television to radio on November 23rd, 1958, exactly one week after Frontier Gentlemen faded into the sunset. Ben Wright played Hayboy, Paladin's valet, at the swank San Francisco Carlton Hotel, with John Daner moving from his role of J.B. Kendall to the soldier of fortune Paladin. Ben Wright continued to be involved in radio during the 1960s and 1970s, appearing in Heartbeat Theater, Hollywood Radio Theater, and Sears Radio Theater. He may be best known for his portrayal of Hare Zeller in the 1965 20th Century Fox motion picture, The Sound of Music. And speaking of music, Carl, Jerry Goldsmith, who composed and conducted the music for Frontier Gentlemen, would go on to achieve an award-winning career in both television and film, winning an Oscar with the 1976 release, The Omen. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Gastella is our executive producer, and the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll present a 1947 episode of Duffy's Tavern in which Archie is playing hooky. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening.
It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.